Hello, I'm Prashmi Ramesh from Information Security Media Group. And joining me today is Hugh Brooks, who is the head of security operations at Certic. We are going to chat about possibly the biggest thing in crypto right now, FTX, and what the cybersecurity impact of this incident is. So Hugh, what happened with FTX? Um, sure. So um, all accounts seem to indicate that this was kind of a long time in the making, um, probably triggered by uh, the whole Luna event earlier this year. Um, but the most current events were were somewhat sparked by uh, the CEO of uh, Binance talking about um, you know how they were looking to liquidate their FTT positions. Um, we're doing so under transparency, which then caused a bit of a bank run or bank run on 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 FTX, which led to them uh, basically becoming insolvent. That's maybe an oversimplification, but basically all their or they got liquidated, didn't have enough to cover it, and now it's come out that um, they had been engaged in extremely risky lending practices, uh, Ponzi-ish type stuff with uh, a number of uh, other firms, including their uh, you know wing of Alameda and things mm. like that. So. Um, they um, were initially looked at by uh, CZ then to go ahead and uh, you know potentially purchase them, kind of help bail them out here. Um, but after like not even within forty eight hours, they mm -hmm. kind of reviewed the books and were like, we don't want anything to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then that kind of led to a cascading series of you know bank runs and liquidations, and then pretty much any any uh, crypto organization that had exposure to FTX just suddenly started falling like like dominoes essentially and uh, leading to their eventual bankruptcy filing on the 11th and then um, uh, the uh, additional cascading effects. So uh, yeah, now uh, uh, SBF has kind of resurfaced again in a couple of interviews and, and mm. cryptic tweets. Um, but as of right now, it looks mostly like, um, you know, they're going to be investigated, you know, everything's frozen, or at least things that could be frozen were frozen due to uh, bankruptcy filings. So uh, I get a feeling this is going to play out uh, for a couple more months, if not years, uh, in, in the space. That was an excellent summary. So, so many follow-up questions. So um, <laughs> yeah. basically, after the... Uh, you know, allegations that um, he had transferred about maybe 10 billion to of FTX customer funds to Alameda. Um, right after this, maybe like a couple of hours later, um, FTX said on Telegram that it had been hacked and that the company had lost millions of dollars during the transfer of its funds. Um, could you explain how this hack worked and what really was the vulnerability? Yeah, so um, we haven't seen any uh, clear indicators of a hack. Um, so we did see the Telegram post indicating that there were some updates to an app that were carrying malicious payloads, or that there were malicious payloads on the website. But uh, as of the last time I, we looked into it, I looked into it uh, myself, um, I could not confirm confirmed that uh, offhand. And 
uh, we didn't take apart the app and we didn't take apart the the, the website and its uh, completeness, but we didn't see any indication of some of the things that were pointed to. And as far as I know, I don't think anybody else has provided concrete evidence of, of those particular things. As for the hack internally, um, we have not also seen any indication of a, 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 a hack or an exploit that is at least visible to the outsiders or through the on-chain evidence. So um, at least none that's credible that I've seen so far. And we've been tracking it fairly closely. Um, so all signs point to either some kind of backdoor or, or private key compromise and you know conspiracies and rumors abound that it was an inside job. Uh, all of which we can't uh, actually confirm uh, from from the activity. We can certainly watch what's happening on chain, and we've seen a considerable amount of movement there. I think uh, you know there was reported that the FTX account strainer is now one of the largest holders of ETH or something, yeah. right? Like thirty-four. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we're we're watching it, but. Um, really difficult to say with any certainty without more information at this time about the internal systems of FTX, what was actually potentially hacked. Um, mm -hmm. So um, how would you sort of figure out what really happened? So what access to what sort of information would you really need? Yeah, uh, we need access to their internal logs pretty much uh, of, of any of their uh, in, internal systems. And um, Usually, usually, uh, given how messy we've seen things have been on the, <laughs> there, any any financial institution basically logs any user activity um, on their systems. And in uh, a normal banking environment, uh, such as you know a, a major U.S. or international bank, anytime you're on a corporate system, everything you do is fully logged and has to be as part of compliance regimes. Now, because there's not a whole lot of regulation in and around this space. Um, it's not necessarily clear to me that they probably followed all those protocols. That being said, most systems, especially cloud systems, uh, um, are, are doing some kind of logging. So really, you need to get a team of experts to go and take apart the logs, look and see you know, what happened, who was logged in, you know, who was active at the time, mm -hmm. what happened right around the time of the event and, and leading up to it. Um, and then you could probably tease out fairly quickly what happened um, if there's not some other kind of smoking gun that you could see from from the inside right so and all of this would be part of the company's internal logs not really recorded on the blockchain yeah from the indicators we've seen on the blockchain we haven't seen seen any any kind of like exploit that uh, uh, is is would be related to the kind of common things like from a, a smart contract hack or other things. So it could be other thing. I mean, the hacker could have used other means to steal the money, like private key compromise, like you mentioned. So um, what's really happening to the money that was stolen right now? Yeah, so uh, right now, um, it looks to me like uh, a lot of it's just being sat on. Some of it's been kind of moved around or, 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 or swapped. There's been a lot of movement into the wallet from memers and, 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 and spoofers and other things 
uh, sending tokens and or uh, uh, swapping tokens and sending them to the uh, drainer account. So there's a lot of noise there right now, which may or may not be part of the uh, plan. And some of it's, we see this with every big hack that, um, you know, these kinds of things come in. Some of that is to send messages to the hacker on, on the, uh, in, you know, the code on the, the messages that you can send when you're doing a transaction. And, and some of it's really just a, uh, uh, you know, people having fun or, or venting. And um, so right now with the, uh, with the wallet, we've looked at, uh, you know, the kind of latest activity and it looks like some of it's being moved to other accounts, uh, but we haven't seen the kind of like, oh, we're gonna send all this to like, tornado cash like we typically would so uh, a little bit unclear but there is still ongoing activity whether it's initiated by the hacker themselves or or from others or or in and around there so it's uh, it's a lot happening right now right and how do we know that the account which um, is called ftx accounts trainer um is indeed the hacker's account Right. On Etherscan, it's called FTX Account Strainer right now. Um, these uh, kind of labels that are made within Etherscan are often done so from community sourced indicators. Uh, and um, often you can usually click on either the, the name or, the, you know, uh, there's usually include a link that'll take you to the original source. And so, um, if uh, I, I think it was actually a couple of on-chain sleuths that first mentioned it, like Zach XBT uh, or one of these other guys who, who mm. pointed it out. And uh, um, that's kind of stuck. And so far as, as held up uh, under scrutiny, sometimes they'll remove the link either scan if it turns out not to be uh, not to be the case. So as of right now, until someone comes forward or we find out more about who's the owner of that account, uh, it'll probably remain uh, FTX account strainer. And in fact, the FTX account strainer is, I guess, even maybe a neutral term. So it'll probably stay that way forever on chain, or at least on on the user scan, uh, user scan block explorer. So how much funds do they have in their wallet right now? Uh, right now, I, I believe it was to the tune of something like uh, 14 million non non uh, ethereum funds something like 200 290 million uh, uh, dollars worth of ethereum so mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 quite a bit so and um, if these have to be say turned into fiat currency um they would have to move it to either centralized exchanges or send it to a mixer like tornado cash right yeah, so if they want to convert it to fiat, they would have to find an off-ramp. It's uh, kind, of, uh, kind of typically the term that's used. And um, off-ramps are hard to, harder and harder to get to. So uh, most are KYC exchanges. Um, and unless they have non-KYC account or have purchased a KYC account from someone else, it'll be very difficult for them to, to off-ramp this money into fiat currency that they could then like physically cash out. Now, uh, and then that would require multiple steps. Either they would have to mix it through tornado cash, which you mentioned, or and then get it into a quote clean account. But even now with the sanctions on tornado cash, a lot of uh, a lot of exchanges are are looking at 
um, you know, any wallet that receives funds from Tornado Cash and marking them as high risk. Uh, so they'd have to then continually send it out on transactions to uh, essentially clean the money from any kind of traces of, of badness. Or they can use one of these other forms of money laundering that we've encountered, which is they can provide liquidity to some other token um, and then remove that liquidity into a clean wallet, um, or they can do a, a swap. Some of these um, DeFi exchange swaps will allow you to conduct a swap where you swap uh, your funds for um, one token, and then the output of that swap goes to another wallet, which then looks like it just had an interaction with the DeFi exchange. Um, you know, so there's there's a number of ways that they can move the money around to obfuscate its original origin, um, and uh, even just to swap for you know one of these other tokens that they've got into USD coin or USD tether or some other stable coin would require a significant amount of liquidity that uh, most of these DeFi exchanges don't have right now. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to go ahead and withdraw. Um, you know, $200 million worth of that uh, anywhere into a stable coin right now. Um, you could probably figure it out with certain, but it would be very, you know, it would be very difficult and everybody would be on top of them. Hmm. Uh, Everybody's got alerts set up for this wallet right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, would these swaps also be recorded on the blockchain as a transaction? Ab absolutely. You can see it in the uh, transaction logs. Hmm. And so would that, does that mean that um, perhaps when after these swaps happen, you could still trace what happened to that money, right? So um, where can maybe law enforcement intervene to stop the attacker from off-ramping the funds? Oh, yeah, that becomes a much uh, more difficult problem. Um, really, law enforcement's strongest relationships are with these uh, uh, centralized exchanges. So um, the moment any of it gets moved to a centralized exchange, usually a security team will have a law enforcement partnership that they'll be in contact with to either internally freeze those friends and then refer them to law enforcement or, or law enforcement will kind of be integrated with them. Um, so that's uh, one area. Now, some DeFi protocols do have blacklists built in, meaning um, if they see the funds moving, um, they could potentially blacklist uh, certain wallets from interacting. And uh, so that could be one method where they law enforcement could communicate with those exchanges to allow for blacklists. Um, yeah, that's uh, kind of two of the biggest ones. Other than that, really law enforcement would want to work with any website that that wallet has interacted with to potentially get an IP address. An IP address, if it's not being spoofed, uh, could uh, potentially lead to a location. Um, they've done this before in, in kind of high profile uh, um, situations where they've taken down like criminal or, or other you know networks that are mostly operating uh, through blockchain uh, by just kind of farming their IP address or making connections between various uh, spoofed addresses and things like that. Very few people have perfect uh, security when it comes to protecting themselves online, even criminals. And so there's often breadcrumbs that are left behind that could could trace them. This is all without saying if we have access to what's happened on the inside of FTX, 
that we might just know who it is. And I believe the Kraken Exchange uh, indicated that they knew who, who it was and that it was a US citizen. And uh, either from logs or from that KYC account, there will be uh, you know, something that eventually comes out. So in part one of my conversation with Hugh, we spoke about what went down at FTX, how the attacker stole funds from the company, where it is now, and what the role of law enforcement is. Stay tuned for part two, because we will discuss what happened to the data that FTX currently stores, what cybersecurity implications to exchanges that were exposed to FTX face, and how regulation can help prevent future cases like FTX and the best practices to set up a crypto exchange with a cybersecurity first mindset. Thank you so much for watching and I look forward to seeing you again.